This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to our house. This is the House of Hockey podcast. I'm your girl, Ray Ray. And I'm Breezy. And this is episode 14. Quarantine life is still kind of happening for different people. We're all in different phases all across the U.S. And if you're listening in other places around the world, the world is shifting and moving. And this episode, you're really going to like the guest, Dan Milan. He is a, how do we say this? He's a pro hockey player who's retired now. Is that the official language of how you describe this? I'm not sure. I guess that's something we probably should have asked. Well, he's an ex-pro hockey player. So whether he's okay. retired or or whatnot, he's uh, an ex-pro hockey player. That's what his bio says, at least. Yes, he played in the AHL, CHL, and ECHL. Uh, he's been featured on Hunks of Hockey because, well, he's a hunk. Obvious reasons. The like the very definition of punk, <laughs> and he's, uh, he's a great guy. He's super yes. nice, super uh, genuine, down to earth. He's got the confidence, but he's very. Uh, I feel kind of low key about his confidence. Would you say? Oh yeah, very self aware, very deep, a deep thinker, and I think he even yeah. says that in in the yeah. in the interview. Talks and about inspirational. Yeah. I got, I took a lot away from, from talking to him. So. Yeah. I think you'll really like the authentic uh, personality that he has and the genuineness. I think you'll really be able to, to capture that from him during the interview and hear about some really funny stories (laughs) that he shares about pranks and uh, rookie parties. And then some of the serious side of the, of the game and the mental aspect and, very all-encompassing and he he's styling and has a clothing line and just very uh renaissance type of guy right right yeah and i i really enjoyed hearing his take because he was a defenseman and he was known for for being like an instigator and he touches on kind of his would you say journey to to getting to that point and the mental aspect of it which I feel like a lot of people don't really get to to see or hear about from people who are instigators so different different take than what I had imagined uh I don't know about you but yeah I didn't have any I didn't have any expectations going into the interview but I was very uh, surprised that he was so willing to share about the mental side of the game and yeah. what that's like to uh, why he got into becoming an instigator and the effect that had on him and maybe a little bit of how that affected him deciding to 
to not play or to keep playing and, and how that shifted his game and, and, oh, and he had some like moral values around his instigatorness, which yeah. I was very surprised about. And I think you'll, you'll enjoy hearing his own sort of chirping rules, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> he's um he's a joy and i feel like we could have talked to him forever about deep life questions as well as hockey but you'll all enjoy that that's coming up in a little bit but we have to talk about the exciting news hockey in july we have a date of when potential hockey things are happening nhl training camps for the stanley cup qualifiers will open July 10th if safety and medical conditions are met. The league and the Players Association are both on board with this. I'm on board with this. Are you on I'm board on, with this? I'm on board with it. It's going to be exciting to have hockey in, uh, in July. Yeah, a first. Has there ever been hockey in July, ever? No. I don't recall. That's the one, one for sure month of the year. There's legit no hockey because some of the training camps start in August, right? Yeah, right. So is this the first? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it's the first time ever we're having hockey in July. <laughs> I think so. I'm like trying to like go back in years and years of memory, and and I don't think I've ever. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. We're gonna go with that. And so. how strange was it? I don't know if you saw any on social media, but the Chicago Blackhawks, who are one of the teams that are Stanley Cup qualifiers, <laughs> I still, it's so hard to believe, but it's happening. They you like blush every time you say Chicago I know. Blackhawks. I know, I get really <laughs> excited. And they were, a couple of the guys were, they can do voluntary practice on and off ice practice right now that's part yep. of the phase two and it's it's yeah. controlled and blah 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 and all the safety etc and they were walking into the practice facility with their quarantine masks on carrying hockey bags and sticks and it's just such a weird sight to see weird. it i mean it's just I just, it's something I, you know, we never thought we would see this. And it's so interesting to see them walking in with these masks. And I don't know, I just never thought I would see Patrick Kane wearing a, like a safety mask, carrying his like fresh sticks and <laughs> gear into, into practice. And it's such a strange time. And Unless he was like dressing up as like a hospital worker, hockey player for Halloween or something. I don't. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah we wouldn't we definitely would not see this and I think it's it's just something unique that I noticed how odd that was to see there's lots of players who are voluntarily uh heading into practice which is exciting to see and hopefully they all remain safe and healthy and we can have some hockey yeah they said the season may well, the playoff season may start as early as August. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. We got to do a life update. Yes. How's your progress going? <sighs> Man, breezy. <laughs> I got it. Like real reassuring. <laughs> listen, I'm practicing. I'm doing drills. I'm taking an online course and I've, 
I, I am really struggling with the one-handed drills. I have very weak hands as far as muscular ability to, to do that. I need two hands and my hands hurt like legit. My hands hurt (laughs) because (laughs) of some of the drills and I've got to build up that strength, but I'm still doing it. I'm working. I don't know if ice is open and I'm going to be traveling here soon. And I think some of my hockey training is going to be paused for a little while. Uh, and I will, I will pick it back up though, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going, I'm still doing it. I have my down moments where I get really defeated when I like can't do those one handed drills, but this yeah. takes time and takes practice and I'm not giving up and I fight through the frustration. What about you? What's happening in your world? Are you practicing uh, on, your, no. on your ice or? No, I mean, I take a couple shots here and there throughout the day, or if I get angry at an email or something, I'll take a shot. But no, I haven't really been doing much. My nephews have been coming over and playing on it because they've never set foot on ice before. So <clears throat> I just what? have, it's, it's a little slide board. So it's not, it's not like it's easily realized that'd be sick if I had realized in my house but right but yeah so they're they're coming over here and and having fun with it so that's that's good yeah I think if if I can find a way to get some roller blades like some inline blades for the next part to learn how to at least roller blade without serious injury (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I do need somebody to teach me, though, how to stop. That's the problem. I could get going, but I, I wouldn't know how to stop. And uh, yeah. that's something I'm going to investigate when I when I head out on my travels. I think we just need to go to Arizona and go hang out with Lindsay a bit and have her teach us how to, how to stop. I'm good with that. Lindsay Fry, you ready for Lindsay. us? Yeah. Let's go, Lindsay. <laughs> She, she did invite us. She said, she's like, come on out. I'll teach you. Well, we're, we're coming. We're coming, girl. We're Get ready. Coming. <laughs> well, I don't really want to go now because if it's hot, this hot here, I, know. I don't know how hot it is in Phoenix right now or nah, I'm good. No. And I'm not getting up before the, before the sun comes up just to learn to, to skate. <laughs> That's not happening. People that it'd have to be after hours. <laughs> Not a morning person, not a morning person. That's why I never picked up surfing because living in SoCal, I would like, I went, I took a lesson. I really enjoy the water. I am not, you know, surfing would be great, except best time of day to do that here is Mm -hmm. at sunrise. And I'm not getting up at sunrise to go surf. I don't love it enough. I just don't love it enough. uh, You're going to hit some mush burgers towards noon, so. I don't even know what you just said. What? <laughs> so funny. I when I worked at a what's a mush burger? What are you saying? Mush burger? A mush, a mush burger is like a really terrible wave. It's like it looks like a wave and then it's nothing. So I used to when I worked at one of the companies I used to work for, I was in the marketing department. We even higher up management, they were all surfers. So I'd be, you know, showing up to work and they'd be rolling in around like 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I'm like, guys, like I've been here since seven. Where have you been? Like, oh, we were surfing some waves. Yeah. So I learned all of like the surf talk because we'd watch uh, WSL on TV or on the 
whatever on our computers. We were in a fantasy league, surf league. I even joined in on it. It was really fun. There's some great surfers. So, uh, yeah. Interesting. Have you ever surfed? Absolutely not. I'm terrified of the ocean. That's right. I thought you were terrified of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like the sharks and stuff and the crustaceans. Yeah. Crustaceans. I really don't like, sh- I mean, I'm fascinated with sharks. I love sharks. I want to go deep sea cage diving with great whites uh, as long as I'm in a cage. But I'm just, uh, I'm just not a fan. Just yeah. not a fan of the ocean. It's so unknown. <laughs> I'm going to get bit by a crab. And that just doesn't sound fun. I think you have a higher chance of getting stung by a jellyfish here than getting bit by a crab. I don't think I've ever (laughs) seen a crab or any crustacean anytime I've been to the beach here in LA. Have you seen how big lobsters can get? Those suckers are huge and they have big claws. You're telling me that they can't chomp down on any, on your foot or I don't know, sever your Achilles tendon and then I'm out. I, yes, that could happen. (laughs) However, I think, I think they stay in deeper water where it's colder, not on shore, but I could be mistaken. Yeah. I really don't think you're going to get bitten by uh, any kind of crustacean. I like how you're being so nice and like, I, you're going to be okay when really you're like, you're an idiot. You're not going to get bit. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to encourage you kindly to to yeah. investigate going into the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Ugh. those fears are not applicable to standing in the water waist high in LA, which I mean, you have a better chance of getting some sort of weird infection of bacteria than you Absolutely. do getting bitten by a crustacean in the water here <laughs> in the Bay. So... Oh, man. Take a shower after, don't drink the water. You know, those kinds of things. Those are more concerning than crustaceans and sharks. Yeah. You know, but I don't know, man. There's some big sharks that are around here. And they're like seen right, right off the shore. Try not to think about it. And (laughs) you use the buddy system. Like, I'll go in the water with you. I won't be mean and be like, shark, you know, how those okay. asshole friends of yours would do that, you know? And yeah. I have friends who would do that. They're like, what was that? I'm like, <gasps> and I jump and I'm like, fuck yeah. you. Don't do that to me. But yeah. I wouldn't do that to you because I know you're very afraid and that would oh, not help encourage you to proceed in the water. Yeah. I have, I have done cage shark diving with great whites. Have you? Where? I did it, I did it in South Africa off the coast of like in Cape Town. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. It was really See? cool. And they just throw a cage over the side of the boat and they just say, they just give you goggles, no uh, breathing tube. And they just say like, jump in, who wants to go first? And I was like, I do. Yeah. I think I would want to do the same area because that's where gray white sharks are like really known for. But I also think it'd be really cool to do it in Australia. Just close. Did you touch one? No, that was not advised. That was not advised. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was not advised. I have not touched a shark. Oh. No. I've touched one at a zoo. It was like a sand shark. Not nearly as terrifying as the crustaceans are to you. (laughs) Nope. Sorry, not doing it. Anyway, 
This is the part of the podcast where we let you, yes, you, hockey fans, take the mic and tell your story of interacting with an NHL player, past or present. This is Chris at All Tyler's Fault. You guys know me. Um, have a story for you about how I met um, Antoine Roussel of, at the time, the Dallas Stars. He's uh, Canuck now, but he was with the Dallas Stars a couple years ago. So I went after practice, uh, morning skate, and I was trying to meet Tyler Sagan, because of course Tyler Sagan. Um, and I missed him, but I did come across Antoine Roussel. He was uh, being, I guess, followed by a guy who was trying to get his autograph on a big 8x10 photograph of him, and I came up to them, and Roussel was asking the guy, okay, what's your name? And, uh, you know, to sign it on the picture. And the guy was like, oh, no, 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 you don't need to put my name on it, just sign it. And Roussel said, no, your name. And, you know, he's got like that thick French accent, so... I don't know whether the guy thought there was a misunderstanding or what, but the guy kept saying, no, no, you don't need to sign my name on it. Just please just put your autograph, sign your name. And, you know, it's probably one of these dealer guys that wanted to just stick it up on eBay as soon as he could. Um, so Russell repeated, no, uh, what, is, what is your name? I'll put your name on it. So they went back and forth like this a little bit. And finally the guy, like, said, you know, uh, can't you just sign it? And Russell pushed the photograph back at him and said, no. And that was it. And the guy kind of, like, moved back, like, uh, okay, I guess that's it. And I went up to him, and I said, hey, Ruth, can you find my hat? And I had a uh, Dallas Stars hat, and I was wearing my Dallas Stars jersey and everything. And he looked at me. He took my hat, and he yelled. He goes, yes, I will sign your hat. And he looked around, like, you know, to anybody who was there, including the guy with the photograph, and he had this big grin on his face, like, I'm signing this. And he put his gigantic John Hancock all over the front brim of the hat and gave it back to me. And I thanked him. And, uh, you know, he said, what's your name? And then I told him my name. And he said, oh, this is very nice to meet you. And we shook hands. And, yeah, he's been favorite ever since, though. I catch him almost every time they come by uh, Southern California, and he remembers me, and it's awesome. But the funny thing is meeting over a, a hat with a dealer standing there. <laughs> so that's my story. Thanks for sharing your story on the House of Hockey podcast. We'd love to hear your story, if you have one, of interacting with an NHL player, past or present. Just call our phone number, 323-438-2648. Tell us your name. Tell us the NHL player's name and the team they play for. And then tell your story in five minutes or less. And you just might hear it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Today we have a Michigan native who's played in the AHL, CHL, and ECHL. He's a blue line brawler. Dan, Stylin' Mylan, let's go. What's going on? Hey, you know, I'm doing all right, Breezy. Uh, you know, just hanging out. Just uh, Michigan, baby. I'm doing well. Been fortunate to, uh, you know, still be working and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. So i uh doing all right. What about you guys? I'm yeah. good. Okay. We're safe. We're safe okay. so far. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Family's safe too, though. Family is safe as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Family's right. good. Uh, it's just a weird time right now, but yeah, one thing after another, and we're we're still kicking on both both things, I guess. So it's it's all good here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is our 
this is our our place of entertainment and happiness and you know the podcast yeah (laughs) gotta have an outlet you gotta have an outlet mine's obviously you know yeah but yeah yeah happy to be here though i'll tell you that much (laughs) Welcome, welcome to our house, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little hockey and bring some lightness to the to the world with this podcast, and um, do what we can in in that respect with everything that's going on in the world. So, let's talk some hockey and some lightness. So, tell us about uh, hockey in Michigan and how you got started. And uh, are you still yeah. playing? What are you doing? Give us a little bit of background on your history, uh, history with hockey. I can go into D. De- I'll try and do it a little bit in a nutshell. Okay. I was always a kid. I mean, I started playing when I was seven. Um, did I become passionate about hockey right away? Really, I think it takes a little bit of time to become passionate about something, uh, you know, but I, I, the better I got, obviously the passionate I became. And, you know, I was a kid. I played the triple a growing up um until i got into high school which triple a for anybody that doesn't really know hockey is, is the highest level that you can play when you're younger um and then i moved on to to high school okay however side note when i played triple a i didn't play you know i was a late bloomer absolutely and uh when i got into uh, high school uh kind of the same thing I didn't really start out you know I was on varsity my sophomore year but I didn't play I never really played and uh but I was so tired of being uh I guess on the the bottom the, I always felt like I uh, was on the short end of the stick kind of and you know developed a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and I uh got better uh Got good enough to where I was being looked at by colleges. I was fortunate enough to, to move on. I ended up playing out in Quebec. Went to Quebec for two years. I signed with Tampa Bay. And, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff that you know came into my development and the way I view things now. And then I played, you know, seven years professionally afterwards. And um, a lot of great memories, a lot of great stories, Uh yeah. So, I mean, I was blessed beyond, I was blessed. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. So where are you still playing now? Um, not, no, not right now. I, well, obviously the rinks are shut down, so I can't even join. Uh, I was going to join, uh, you know, men's league out here. Never thought I'd say it, but, uh, you know, I, I got, I got about 32 sticks brand new stocked up from, my playing days and I got about four brand new pairs of skates ready to get broken in. So that, wow. if there was something, just a little side goal of mine, you know, it was like, man, if I retire from playing, I want to have enough gear to well, where I'm set for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> it sounds like good. you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So were so you ever called up to the big league at all? And if you were for what team and, and who'd you play for or who'd you play uh, against, I guess. I know. I never got called up. I never got called up to the big leagues. Um, to be honest with you, you know, again, it, when I came into professional hockey, I came in, I sound like I'm making excuses. I'm absolutely not. But um, I came in, I was 20. I came in for the lockout year, which everybody got moved down, right? 
And I kind of got, and I got hurt right off the bat. So I got off to a terrible start. Um, I had to work my way in, but it was weird because, you know, I was on my deal for, for three years. Uh, I progressively got better and better. But as I got better, it was like my opportunity got less and less and, you know, making way for basically the new draftees, the new young guys, which, you know, a lot of people kind of forget, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, unbelievable hockey players that I've played with that were in the minors that never got a shot, um, you know, even at the American League. And um, so, yeah, never made it to the never made it to the, the big leagues, but uh, it's OK. It's it's all right. I, I learned a lot throughout my, my career. So. So who did, who are some of the guys you played with that are, you know, that maybe are in the, in the NHL or somebody that you really remember playing with in the, in the other systems? Um, I, I grew up, uh, I played with Vladdy quite a bit of, uh, sorry, Vlad Nemesnikov. Okay. He's kind of, he's, <laughs> he's played in a few different places. Um, I mean, I've been on the ice with a, a lot of those guys I've played with, Growing up, Brian Rust, uh, Austin Watson um, played against, I mean, anybody in the 92 age group, there's a good chance that I, I played with or against them. Um, North Americans, I should say. I know Nemesnikov's not, but he lives in Detroit. Um, yeah, so you, you, you kind of grow up. And, and once, you, once I got my NHL deal, I would do the pro skates and stuff like that in the summertime. And um yeah, I, I mean, I played I played with a lot of different guys. Um, the best, I guess the the best that I've been on the ice with, in my opinion, would be Henrik Zetterberg. And you know, I've been on the ice with Stamkos, St. Louis. Uh, uh, never got on the ice with Lindstrom. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of those Tampa guys, Callahan. Um, but I, I, by far, I would say Zetterberg was one of the coolest that I was on the ice with, and he played for Detroit. I'm from Detroit. So that made it cool, but he was making plays out there. That was just, you know, something special. Um, but he was also a really nice guy and I love nice guys, (laughs) a lot of egos in the NHL and I can't always, I don't always deal well with them. So, uh, how how do you deal with those egos? You just Chuck knucks or what? Uh, uh, yeah, Chuck knucks, break it, not break ankles, but uh, try to ch- <laughs> give a, give them chops on the back of the leg. And you know what? Part of part of my role uh, when I was playing was that, which is funny because I wasn't like that before professional. I wasn't. I just I had to add that extra element, I guess, and I got some confidence in my meanness and my strength to where I felt comfortable doing that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, a lot of times if, if I if I didn't like guys, man, I you know even in summer skates I would uh, I have I have a switch that can be flipped pretty easily when it comes to like male egos and uh, I know it sounds sounds a little crazy but uh, you know I know we've all I don't think anybody really likes a cocky not friendly person you know in general. So, only yeah. somebody who's just as only that person who is cocky likes themselves. So you know, you, you got to believe in yourself, though, right? You yeah. got to believe in yourself. You got to have confidence. You got. I mean, you look at fighters. You look at uh, you know Floyd Mayweather, guys that all they do is talk shit and and just freaking you know they make themselves believe that they're that good and that sort of thing. But when it comes to just talking to people, like I hate when people are too good to talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Or just that stuff bothers me and um you know you you just see it all the time or no like 
when I when I used to, you know, because I again I played a little bit of a scrappy role and I would talk shit all the time. But I tried to. I never wanted to go personal. I never went to their families. I never said that stuff. I talked about just stuff that would agitate them. But you know, some people don't have any respect. They'll they'll go after your you know your girlfriend. They'll just yeah. do weird stuff, man. And it's uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't like it. I saw it a lot. So yeah. luckily, it didn't happen to me too often. But tell us it. a little bit more about your role. Is that would you describe yourself as an agitator or a fighter or how would you describe that role? And then like you said, you added that to your game to help you stand out a little bit more. So, you know, how did that come about? How did you make that choice? Um, So I was always, I described myself hundred percent as a two-way defenseman. Um, When I was professional, I was utilized more as defensive defenseman, but I could still move the puck. I just wasn't, I didn't play power play. I wasn't a power play guy. Um, so I, but I wanted to, again, you know, if somebody out there was the same skill level, did the same stuff as me, but he didn't have that extra, you know, piss the guys off, get under their skin, make them not want to play against you, you know, or, you know, not afraid to defend your own teammates, that sort of thing. I wanted to add that to give myself that extra boost. And it always, I mean, I always got contracts. I never had to worry about that. And But towards the end, you know, there was a lot, there was, I had built up that expectation and I didn't like it anymore. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to fight. I didn't like, you know, I was, I would fight if somebody took liberties on my teammate um, and I would play hard, but I wasn't out there like I was my first four years professional. I wanted to, you know, I, I offered more and I just, I, I, I didn't like the expectation of always having to do something about it. You know, if something happened in the game, I had to do something about it. And that shit pissed me off. I don't want to do that. Like, it's not, you know, I don't know. At the end of the day, I'm really a lover, not a fighter. You know what I'm saying? I, I really am. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a really honest perspective to offer that I don't know that I've heard. I mean, I haven't listened to every single interview with every hockey player who's been a, a fighter on the ice, but I don't think I've ever heard that honest yeah. of a perspective where you're like, I just, I just didn't want to have to be the one responsible all the time for every single thing that happens on the ice. And the thing, yeah, exactly. But the thing was that kind of drove me to it. It wasn't the fact that of like, you know, I take somebody out, but I had to worry about somebody coming back at me. And I had that reputation around the league. Everybody knew I sound arrogant when I say this, but everybody knew style of mile. And I got shit from every single team I play against. Um, you know, start, take another selfie, take another, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, that's shit, whatever. Okay. But you know, if I chopped a guy or something like that, you know, if I'm going back for the puck as a defenseman, one of the scariest things you can do it. One of the hardest things about being a defenseman is going back and getting a puck. Um, when the other team dumps it in because the other team's coming at you full speed, you got to be able to make a quick play out of there. And guys didn't care. You know, they saw Milan, they saw my number. I did something to them earlier. You know, and again, I didn't, I didn't like getting personal when I chirped and I, when I, when I would slash guys, I didn't look to break bones. I didn't look to put people out and put them on the injured list. I did it to, it hurt them, but it wasn't going to take them out of the game. But, you know, they don't look at it like that. They see my numbers. They want to take me out and, and hit me from behind or what have you. And it was just my physical, uh, how many hits I took to the head and all that yeah. sort of stuff. You know, that was a big reason too. That you know, big reason why I stopped playing was because of the, I didn't want to deal with the physical side of it. My body was taking a beating. 
Yeah. Would you say that the AHL or, or lower leagues, do they do you think they fight more or hit harder than, than the big league just because of what's on the line? Um I could see the Ameri- the, the AHL. AHL has more fights for sure. Well, than the NHL. Um, ECHL, I'd like to say, is right there because people are trying to get called up. People want to get called up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? A lot of the fights you see in the NHL, you know, you got your guys that are absolute nails. I mean, you can't be in the NHL and be soft, really. It's it's hard. Even the soft guys are pretty tough. Um, but, you know, a lot of times you see those fights are guys that are trying to make a statement or prove themselves and, and that sort of stuff. So you see that a lot more in the AHL, ECHL, because people want to move up. How was, how would you describe what that mental health was like for you it, when you played? Like, what was your mental health like? And, and this isn't a popular topic, but being an yeah. agitator and, and wrestling with this fact and, you know, having to yeah. do that day in and, and night out, you know, how, how was that for you? It, it was, I mean, at the beginning, it's kind of nerve wracking because I didn't, you know, again, I hadn't been used to doing this. I never had to do this before. I worked hard. I was strong. I was a good skater, but I never had to look to really mix it up. And so breaking into it and finding that confidence in your meanness, I guess, is how I would put it. Um, you know, and knowing you can take control of a, another dude or something like that, you know, it <laughs> sounds weird to say, but, um, yeah. you know, that part was tough, but mental health, I didn't really do anything. I was just growing from there. But, you know, once I, I got that confidence, it was great. I mean, I felt like I was the man. I wanted to do that shit all the time. I wanted to freaking scrap guys and stuff like that. But after you do so much of it, and it's really not in my natural nature, like I didn't, um, again, towards the end, it, it did. It took a toll on me mentally. Uh, I didn't want to do it, uh, deal with it. Uh, you know, I still did. Um, but – you know, just from the, a lot of people don't really understand, you know, you grow up and you think, uh, hockey, uh, you know, it's, you don't do it for the money. You don't do it for this. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Well, once, once you get into it, man, you know, you, you do it for the love of the game. Right. But that's what keeps you going because the business side of it sucks. They can trade you at any moment. Um, they really can, and they don't care to do so. They really don't, you know, it's, it's what, would bother me is like, you know, coaches would come at you and be like, you know, they, they put pressure on guys to do stuff for the team and, you know, be a team guy and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you they could gas you right away, even if you were that team guy. And I've seen it happen so many times where it's like, Oh really? Like it, you know, that's stuff, the business side of it sucked. Uh, you know, the, the, the physical side of it takes a toll. Um, so the love it, of it, the love of playing is what, Drive, drove you ultimately it was like the underlying drive driving force the the, lo- the love of the game is what yeah. yeah that's you know that's why you play you play it because you and your buddies um the lifestyle is very cool as well i mean you dream of it you, you wake up you go to practice it's basically a one hour work it's basically a one one and a half hour work day because the rest of the time you're at the rank you're just bullshitting with people your teammates joking around listening to music like my case you know i'd be dancing a little bit and uh <laughs> you know it's it's funny but the thing is there's a lot of pressure from the aspect that you got to play well or you know if you're not playing well even if you are playing well you could still get traded tomorrow and move halfway across the country you have that weird pressure it's 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 very different from 
you know, I, I sell mortgages now very different from that. You know, it's so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you touched a little bit on kind of like your, your off day of a practice day. So describe like a, a game day for you, how, how it was, you know, pregame um, meals, anything like that. Game days. I, I didn't have any superstitions. I was very much, uh, I had more superstitions when I was younger, but the younger you are, the more, more of a head case you are, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> not, not, not like a psycho, but like, you're just like, Oh, if I don't do this, I might not have a good game. You know, you believe in all that stuff. As you play enough games, you're just kind of like, that's yeah, another game. And you kind of go into it like that. Uh, that's, you know, it's another game, you know, not like you're taking it lightly, but you're in that groove of things. You're confident. You feel good. So my game day was basically get a feel for the puck and morning skate, have fun with the guys, uh, go home, get a pregame meal. You know, I'd get my pregame nap in, but if I miss, if I didn't fall asleep at this time, I wasn't worried about it. If I didn't fall asleep at all, I really wasn't worried about it. Um, you know, I used to, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of coaches would say uh, they'd get pissed at you if you'd yawn and stuff. And I don't, this is kind of random, but shit, I would yawn all the time for games. And I wasn't tired. I was well rested. It was well rested, well fueled up. I don't know if it was. Just, I don't know, my body's way of, like, staying relaxed. I don't really know. But, shit, I used to yawn all the time. I'd go out and have a good game. And it was like, I don't know, coaches, yeah. So, I don't know. That. Hopefully they didn't hold that against you. Right. At, once I got to the rink during game day, uh, well, I never tried to – I never let them know that I was yawning. Sorry. Going back to the yawning thing, right? <laughs> if coach is looking at me and I started yawning, I'd act like I was, like, adjusting my jaw, like I was cracking my jaw. like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying um but you know once I got to the rink I usually I ran the music and stuff and I just kind of vibe out and just go and play all right what kind of music what 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 are the jams what kind of DJ are you uh definitely like for my own personal liking uh when it comes to game day I'm more of the the I just keep everything like rap upbeat EDM that sort of thing uh I try to you know, you see a lot of DJs or you come to a team and, you know, there's already kind of a DJ, but, uh, you know, you're tired of hearing the same old song. So, like, I always try to, like, up my game every week. I'm always into New Music Friday. I'm always trying to bring in new songs and kind of, like, I play a new song. I'd, like, you know, I love it, so I'd, like, look for other people's reaction while I'm, like, taping my socks and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, you know, it was always satisfying when somebody would be, like, vibing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So your brother also plays. He's playing yeah. for the Cincinnati Cyclones right now. Did you yeah. ever play with him? And is there like a sibling rivalry, or are you guys more have like a bond uh, by going through the journey somewhat together? There's a there's almost a little bit of a rivalry naturally, brother to brother. But amongst us, when it comes to the rest of the world, like we're always it's me and him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, you know, we're boys. Yeah, we're, we're boys even when we're competing against each other. It was great for both of us. He was a forward. I was a defenseman. We got to work on – I got to work on my defensive abilities while he's stick-handling on me in the driveway. Um, so that, I mean, no no doubt about it, his and my development were based on a lot of the stuff that we did at the house, you know, amongst us. So um, wish I got to play with them. I never did. Uh, you know, only in my summer league and stuff, but 
when I graduated high school, he was going to, he was being, he was going to be a freshman. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to play with him this year, but I was so, I was so done with things that I didn't want, you know, I just didn't want the, uh, I didn't want the deal. And then I didn't want it to like, you know, we play together. That's sweet. But again, you're, you're so, you get traded, you know, like that. And, you know, it'd always be, I know it would cause a little bit of something if one of us got traded and we were originally on the same team. So, yeah. Well, Do you have any? Go ahead, Brace. Yeah. No, I was just saying that was, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. What's the status of where he's at now? Which, um, is that ECHL, the team in Cincinnati that he's with? ECHL, he's breaking his way into pro. Uh, what's his name? We didn't say it. What's his name? First Co- uh, Cody Milan. Cody Milan. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Got to uh, shout him Mich- out. Come on. Yeah, oh, you're right. Four years, Michigan State. Uh, got most <laughs> outstanding senior when he was a senior. I, he's, he's, he, you know, he, uh, he's breaking his way in a little bit differently than, than me. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, I, I started out with a deal. He's fresh. In, he's good. Explain. He, he's fresh into it and he's only building. Um, he's, he's getting better and better and with more experience, more games played. You know, I really hope, and I know he will deserve it um, to, to get the opportunity when he does. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Good. Well, hey, Cody. Cody, right? Cody. Yeah. Cody, you got two two fans right here. So when the league starts back up again. That's, that's what I'm saying, for real. And plus you, of course, Dan. So right, obviously. Obviously, but, you know, just in case somebody – took it the wrong way uh tell us a little bit uh, you said you had a lot of good stories about your time when you did play so give us give us a good story or a memorable moment or God. you know anything that you feel comfortable sharing about your time with the boys I mean I could give my memorable moments you know uh when it comes to like winning or that sort of stuff but I know we want to get like I, I want to say something that maybe somebody doesn't really you know talk about so yeah got some good times some good memories. I mean, I don't know if I can even like some of the stuff's a little explicit, like maybe not like for all right. viewers, but uh, a lot of uh, rookie parties tell you right now, rookie parties. Are, yes. Yes. Are pretty, tell uh, us about the rookie parties. <laughs> God, my rookie party was uh, I was in Fort Myers. Okay. I was playing for the Florida ever, uh, Everblades, And uh, we had to wear a, speedo okay all rookies had to wear a speedo but we we went during spring break time and like i'm from michigan and so we're, we're partying on fort myers beach and you see a bunch of michigan state flags like i saw people that i knew from home or people like my buddy sent me a picture of uh you know some girl had sent him a picture of me at the bar with my speedo on like looking back never realized the picture was taken and he sends me this and like it was just funny so um, but yeah, had to wear speedo and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Um, you know, again, I, I don't know how crazy we want to go here, but, uh, don't, don't get anybody in trouble. All right. No, get no, I'm not, no, not name dropping. And it's just part, I mean, anybody that's, you know, been a part of a team, y'all have like your rookie duties and stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was just funny stuff. One of the things was, uh, had to do, do a lap around, uh, Hooters um like run a lap and there was like a big gathering out there um oh, so no. did a lap around hooters guys were we, we took a 
we took a party bus down to um, all the boys in their speedos, and then and then the, the vets obviously didn't have to wear one. But um, I, we had guys on our team that at a red light would jump out of the the party bus and start like dancing on cars, like grinding on cars. I mean, guys are pretty guys were pretty bomb. Like there were guys were pretty bombed at this point. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, so ha- had a had some funny stuff happen. I, there was a guy on our team got a little bit too buckled. Uh, ended up actually like we were on the beach and he got kicked out immediately. But he like rocked a guy, no idea why, suckered him, <laughs> and uh, and he draw and the guy dropped. He was good. He wasn't knocked out or nothing like that. But he was like, obviously, guy got punched in the face. Like you're not gonna like yeah. handle that. <laughs> I don't care who you who you are. Um, what about pranks? Are were there any like pranksters? I know pranks are kind of notorious in the in the player world. Yeah, I actually got into a prank war with my coach one time, which is a interesting. Coach? Yeah. Sorry, I just really yelled really loudly. I was very. Yeah, you, had a Canadian, you had a Canadian accent there. A, a, a coach. A coach? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, I was I was hurt. And, uh, you know, we were, we were playing, we were on the road or whatever. And it was weird. Like me and the coach had this type of relationship. And, uh, so I can't remember how he got me first. The first thing he did to me or something, he did something to me. Okay. So I retaliated. And I, again, I took it next level. Like, um, I unscrewed his little, uh, we were in a hotel and I unscrewed the little thing that you look outside of your door with. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a, 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 I made a funnel out of paper and I put a bunch of uh, baby powder in it. And so like I put the funnel up to the door and I like knocked on it and he's like oh, coming no. up to the door and I just went and shot all this, like shot all the uh, baby powder on him. Um, That's good. And then he, he did something else to me too. And we were still on this road trip. And this is where, like, maybe I took it a little bit too far, but I had gotten the key to his his hotel room, and so while he was taking his pregame nap, and you know what, it's it's the assistant coach. It wasn't the head coach. It's the assistant coach. Let me just be clear on that one. But um, got the key to his room, snuck in his room while he was taking a, a pregame nap, and I had a bucket of water. Oh, oh my god! And, uh, oh god, this is gonna be good. <laughs> Well, it, did, it didn't turn out good because I got like halfway to his bed. Somehow he heard me. He's like, get the fuck out of my room. Get the fuck out of my room. And I was like, hee hee, like running out. And I was like, hurt. I was hurt, so I didn't have to worry about, you know, any whatever. Again, we had that kind of relationship. But he, he got back uh, at me that the last thing he did was, and this, we still had, I think, like six more days on this road trip. And he, uh, I was just in the locker room talking to the trainer. And he walked up and he took, it was, uh, God, what is it? What is it called? Man, it's this greasy stuff you put on, like, it's like an ointment. I can't remember what it's called. But he uh, took a glop of it and he slammed it on my head. And this stuff got stuck in my hair. Like, I, I you could wash it out with as much shampoo as you want. This It wouldn't move. It almost got worse. It was like, like aquaphor stuck. or something, right? Like a neosporin yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly what it, yeah, it was. Exactly what it was. It wasn't neosporin. No, it was something else. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I had to wait till I got, I had the greasiest hair 
and I'm showing up to the games in my suit and I just got this greasy hair. <laughs> and uh, once we got back to, to Florida, um, yeah, because this is my rookie year too, we had to, we drove from Reading, Pennsylvania down to Florida. And uh, so once I got home, I had to buy dishwasher soap. Well, I had dishwasher soap. I didn't have to buy it. And uh, that was the only way that I got it out. Oh my Jeez. God. Like Dawn, like you're, that should be a Dawn commercial besides the like poor little baby ducks with the grease, like right, show right. hockey players. Right. Maybe like a YouTube Dawn commercial. You can't put yeah. it on like a national television. I mean, maybe you can, I don't know. Exactly. Oh my God. That sounds like a lot yeah. of fun, even though, you know, you're in like a constant state of fear of how they're going to retaliate <laughs> you. Or do you just uh, say like, fuck it, I'm not going to worry about it. Just live your life. And then whatever happens, you just. Depends on what you do. Depends on what they do to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was always a guy. I, I never wanted to take it too far. I just, I did. And that battle I did. I, so, but uh, yeah, there's do a lot you, of pranks. What do you miss most? Do you miss playing or the, the guys I mean obviously we're in a different state with with the quarantine and everything and you said that you would be you know yeah. playing more now currently with your you know whatever years of gear you've got just stacked up in your house <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah exactly just like, uh bring like what do you miss from the game and and like how are you how are you adjusting to life without hockey um temporarily at least and right. on that pro level yeah i mean the pro level is I, i'm always going to be into coaching i'm actually coaching the triple a team here this fall nice. but uh yeah as far as you know what i miss guys definitely like the guys definitely i mean i would say that's number one and then playing for the love of it you know that part of it you know that's i, I miss that as well but that doesn't really go away just on the level that i played you know i but honestly, one of the most fun games I had played in the last eight years was, you know, the first game playing beer league with my buddy who brought me in on his team for a game. You know, it was so much fun because it was pure, wasn't tainted in any way. You know, I, so it was nice. Yeah. Um, God, what was your second question though? You asked me something else. I don't know. Oh, adjusting to life. Adjusting. Yes. Adjusting to life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I made myself way more nervous and I, you know, it's, it really ain't that bad. A lot of guys freak out about it because you want to do something you're passionate about. And again, hockey wasn't my passion, but going back to one of the first things I said was, you know, it takes time to kind of build a passion. Hockey is a passion, always will be. Uh, making clothes is always a passion, always will be fashion, all that stuff. But, you know, I need to make, I wanted to make some money right off the, uh, you know, the get go. And, you know, I, I kind of just threw myself into the whole, the mortgage thing. I was looking around for, for jobs and it wasn't everybody, a lot of people want professional athletes, a lot of people. And, you know, I had my degree and, and that sort of stuff. So that helped me as well. But, you know, I wanted to do something I was passionate about and, you know, I'm still finding that is mortgages going to be my passion. You know, we'll find out. I like it. I'm learning a lot, but, you know, it's a lot of guys, I think, feel stuck like I did. And uh, it definitely, it put a lot of stress on me, especially the last year, because I knew I didn't want to play the next year. Mm -hmm. um, so it put a lot of stress on me on figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, talk about your clothing. I know you said you 
yeah. passion of yours. I know you have always said that you speak your mind through fabric, right? Is that your quote unquote, how you say it? My mantra? I don't know. <laughs> Is that your uh, brand? Is that your brand tagline for your new brand? I try to like, I try to, there's a lot of different like phrases or something. Yeah. Like speak my mind through fabric, like that stuff. You know, my brand is Ageless Milan. You know, that's 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 my brand name, I guess. You know, whether that's what sticks forever, I, I don't really know. But, um, you know, I have things that I add, add on pretty consistently that kind of follow me throughout, like, any piece that I create. But I, uh, you know, I was always into fashion growing up. Um, I, but clothing's expensive and new clothing is expensive. And, you know, when the Abercrombie jeans were a hundred bucks, you know, I wanted my grandma, you know, I, I'd have my grandma buy me target jeans that had the boot cut, the same cut and everything. But, you know, I would just take sandpaper and save, you know, I still thought about my, you know, I don't want my family paying for this stuff. Um, so I'd get the cheaper jeans and I'd just make it myself. And, uh, um, but I kind of lost touch with that. I was still into fashion. That was middle school that I was doing that. And I would show up to school smelling like bleach and shit. And people would be like, what the hell? <laughs> or like my jeans would be next level Abercrombie jeans. Like I'd bleach the hell out of them and, uh, and I wouldn't wash it out. So I'd smell like it. Uh, and then I just, God, those were so popular. I remember, I remember yeah. I, I had a pair of Abercrombie jeans that I had to beg for. I wasn't nearly as uh, crafty and, and, I still have a pair of shorts from Abercrombie. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they I, give me some wear, sense of nostalgia. <laughs> I wear Abercrombie jeans. I wear Abercrombie jeans to this day, but you'll never know it because I, you know, changed them up completely and I learned how to taper and I made them like, you know, less of a boot cut, more skinny and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I What I was inspired tired. you to like do that though? I always wanted to dress cool. I was big into fashion, but it was, I was tired of buying like, you know, right. the cool stuff, the unique stuff was expensive, yeah. you know, like I'd go to Salvation Army and, and that sort of thing and try to find cool vintage stuff, but which I still do. But, uh, you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to teach myself how to sew. I got a lot to say. You know, I, again, I've always kind of had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder in some aspect, you know, um, of, proving myself or just expressing my message and stuff like that. So I always had that stuff and uh, I just, you know, decided to start writing it on clothes and stuff. And it's funny because then two years later, you know, then you see writing on clothes, phrases on clothes, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe you're I sound, an, maybe I sound arrogant. No. Maybe I sound arrogant, but I, yeah. No, I you're Starting a creator. Right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, try to. So try to continue to do that. So, but like men's women's, like what kind of clothes, like tell I, people who haven't maybe seen your yeah. stuff before, like a little bit more. About I create a little bit of everything. I definitely go for a little bit of an apocalyptic slash vintage look, you know, uh, you know, I'm like real. Burning always, man. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, like Burning like, Man, exactly. Like Burning Man, kind of. And li literally, I will burn my clothes. I actually, you know what? Funny <laughs> you say that. I got a fucking blowtorch right here. <laughs> and, uh, awesome. So, I mean, I'm wearing, a I'm wearing a shirt right now. And, uh, yo, yo, I wore this. Oh, you can't even, I don't know if you can see it, but I wore this, like, I found this. It's a crocodile, uh, 
Whoa. <laughs> That's cool. I just did it for this interview, yo. I just did it for this <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it was – I got this when I was, like, eight years old from, like, Disney World, and I found it and never seen anybody with it, so I'm going to rock it. Um, but, like, I got a shirt on right now. It's got – you know, I burned it up a little bit. It's an Eddie Bauer shirt, I believe. And I put some, you know, yeah. it was originally all black. I do that stuff. Um, you know, I do different stuff with shoes. I like leather jackets. I put studs and I put chains and I put my messages on leather jackets and stuff. But I really, um, I like making guy stuff, but um, I, I think it's easier to make girl stuff because... I like girls, so I know what, like, I would like for someone to wear. <laughs> so I just, you know, I make, I make, it's easy, right? I just, I know what's going to look good, or at least for my eyes. So, yeah. Yeah. You're like um, <laughs> Michelangelo who plays hockey. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just styling, Mylon, you know, just, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, what are some of the phrases and, and messages you believe in right now that are that you're putting out on your on your clothing? Um, God, I don't know, because there's kind of a it's kind of a lot and they kind of come to me sporadically. Uh, a lot of it is a a lot of it is dice. A lot of the messages, I don't really know if I have any in particular that I can think of right now, but a lot of them dissect into just people and the way that people are i'm a pretty deep thinker i like to like think from all perspectives and i feel like a lot of people don't do that so i try to put stuff out there that maybe people don't really think about that you know maybe the way that we are as a society <clears throat> excuse me jesus uh the way we are as a society or the way people are towards one another or you know all kind of revolving around that stuff um you know, but I always try to preach good messages, um, at least honest messages. I never try to preach anything, you know, bad, uh, you know, real bad. Uh, yeah, nothing. You bad, even right? felt, well, you filtered your chirps on the ice. So, you know, I think that says a lot about you. <laughs> I would say I would, do weird, I would do weird stuff on the ice, man. Like one time, like this one guy was like, just call me names, shit. I, I, I repeated everything, uh, everything he said. Um <laughs> <laughs> right back to him it, and again so you know i'm gonna get a little explicit here but he's hey, you're a, you're a pussy like you're a pussy it's like <laughs> shut the fuck up you shut the fuck up like i would just like i would repeat everything he would say he's like you're a loser you're a loser like i would just do weird stuff to try and you know throw people off and just get them thinking you know what i'm saying like i mean you know, I, I, I actually played with another guy that was kind of like that. He would do the weirdest stuff, though, man. Like, he would say some crazy stuff. There was uh, – and I, I would never say this. Okay, so, okay. Um, you know, there's a really religious guy on the other team, right? Really religious. And he has a penalty shot. And this guy stands up on the bench, and he's, he's yelling to the guy, God's not real. That's not real. Oh, my oh, he's going in on a penalty shot and he missed. But I, uh, you know, whether that was the reason or not, I don't really know. But just like wow. he would do and he would do stuff like he was on the ice and he was like skating around. He's like, I have AIDS. I have AIDS. Like this, this is on a professional level, yo. Like what? a lot of people like, you know, I don't know if I, guys wouldn't say that, you know, knowing that they were mic'd up or something. But right. Um, 
yeah, this guy obviously did not care. And he didn't care. He didn't care about anything. This guy was crazy. One time I was, um, one time I was, uh, cause I was always one of the last guys to walk out, like to go into each period of the locker room. And so I'm like putting on my shoulder pads, ready to go out for like the third period. And I look over to my left and this guy is pissing in the trash can in the middle of the locker room. Why? Don't ask me. I don't know why he did it, but I don't. <laughs> I feel like he always had to prove a point of like I might let the flow down here for a second. Um, let it loose. Yeah, got to. It's getting a little, <laughs> getting a little uh, strained up there. I don't know how to explain it, but uh, yeah. So he. Uh, now that's not good either. I'm looking at myself in the <laughs> camera. <laughs> So yeah, just you know, I played with guys like that, and you just see all kind. You just see everything, man. You see so much stuff. Yeah. You you see you know fans that are just absolutely. I had a fan one time. I gave him. Uh, I gave his kid a stick after the game. It was a broken stick, and because he had asked for it or whatever. Hey, can you get my kid a stick? Okay, so I got him a broken stick. So oh, thanks, man. I'll repay you comes back next game. He's, he like pulls me to the side and uh, he's got this thing in his hand and he's like, dude, take this, man. It's like 10 times stronger than morphine. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself. I'm like, I mean, I didn't look at him like that, but I was kind of like laughing it off, but kind of like, holy shit, this guy did not just ask me to have, you know, Right. Obviously, obviously, I didn't take it because I didn't yeah. want to be have paralysis the rest of my life and just be that kind of guy, you know. So, right. um, but you know, I saw that stuff. Saw a lot of, you know. I swear to God, there there was this one chick that she would say like, "Oh yeah, I saw you at your apartments. I saw you you and uh, you and so and so outside." Yeah. I'm like, "Really? How the hell did you know that where we lived? Because we were like kind of backed up into like woodsy area, our apartment complex." And it was like. You just you had a lot of creepy stuff, and sometimes Jeez. fans. Yeah. So sometimes I can, I feel like fans, you know, they'll go really far with things, and oh, this guy's an this guy's an asshole. He didn't say hi. He didn't sign an autograph. You know, sometimes, like I said, I got time for everybody, but in some cases, I definitely tried to dodge people because it gets creepy, and and you know, they kind of forget that you're a person in a way. And I never played on the national league level. Okay people still like forget that you're kind of a person. So it's like, I don't know. You can get yourself in trouble if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I know that you have a lot of fans just by people who submit requests for you to be posted on hunks of hockey still. So, oh, man. Super funny. <laughs> super funny. Hey, man, I appreciate, I appreciate that stuff <laughs> from the, the get go. You know, that, that got me a lot of, you know, fans and stuff or people that just kind of started looking into this guy as a little bit more than just a hockey player. Yeah. I mean, maybe from a superficial, Oh, this guy's hot. I don't know. Maybe I'm just <laughs> flattering myself, but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's uh, I feel like I almost have a little bit of a cult in a way. It sounds bad. I don't want to say like cult, but I have, no, I, I think you do too. Cause it's people are so like adamant about like, like, oh, I love Dan. Dan's awesome. Dan's the best guy ever. And it's like, I think I just posted a photo of you for Fan Friday with someone. And they're like, oh. please post this. Please post it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I appreciate Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's – it's – I got a lot of people. And I, I genuinely do care, uh, you know, about my people. I, I really do. Um, 
and I keep in touch with them and stuff like that. So, you know, people always ask me how I'm doing and stuff, which is just, it's cool. That's, yeah. it lets me know that I, I made a statement, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't just play hockey exactly. and just stop playing. Like I, I affected people in, in ways. So. Yeah. That's all you can ask for, right? All you can ask for. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Make a positive change some way. Yeah, exactly. Bringing entertainment is one way to do that. Ta- you know, expressing your message with clothing. And there's a lot of ways to affect change that um, we can use today. And we're seeing yeah. all that play out right now, you know? I do a lot of unique shit. Uh, that, that's no question about that. It's kind of just express myself. So didn't take, it took a lot to get there though. Definitely took a lot to get there. I wasn't always like that. I used to be really shy. So what advice do you have for uh, kids coming up now in the league or playing hockey? And if they want to get into the professional system? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, got to work your ass off. Don't take things for granted. Um, you know, you got to, a lot of this stuff might sound repetitive to what other people say. So I want to word it in a way that's a little bit different, but um, work on your craft. Doesn't have, you don't have to go, you know, stay after practice for a half an hour bagging yourself. You know, you, you got to be smart. You still got to, you got to work hard, but you got to work smart and, you know, work on your shot, work on game situational stuff, not just stuff to just, you know, you could, do a pointless drill a thousand times and you're not getting any better work on stuff that is going to be applicable to a game. Um, you know, you can work hard, but you got to work smart. You got to work on stuff that's actually going to help you come game time, whether it's getting a pass, making a quick shot in a new unique type of way, you know, just all that sort of stuff. Otherwise from a mental standpoint, uh, just stay level headed, uh, you know, it can be, it can be hard. And I know this firsthand, uh, you know, when it comes to the business side of things and stuff like that, you know, it is what it is. You, 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 you work hard, you be a good teammate, you be good to your fans and, mm-hmm. uh, you come out with, you'll come out of hockey with a lot of opportunities because guys are going to want to help you. Guys are going to want to be there for you and stuff like that. And it's not like that's the reason you do it. You do it to be a good person, but, um, yeah, just stay even keel be a good person. And, uh, I don't know. That was, that's my advice. It's good. I think that so, advice applies to people who are out, not in hockey as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. So try to apply it to my, my life now. Crazy. Sorry. We just had an earthquake at my house. So what? Uh, I'm a little freaked out right now. You Did you not earth- see? We just had an earthquake. The whole, my whole entire room was shaking. Sorry. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh. Rachel, where serious. are you located right now? Are you I'm in, in that- LA too, but I didn't feel shit. Nothing happened. Well, I'm closer to uh, like, I'm still rolling. This is weird. Is it still shaking? I'm, I'm roll. It's like a, one of those like rolling earth, but it was shaking and then it just started rolling afterwards. It's just normal. Yeah. It happens a lot. Oh yeah. It happens all the time. Are you okay, Brazy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I was just is it still rolling? <clears throat> no, we're good now. You don't need but to get just, under like, a doorway or you're safe? No, okay. No, I'm, I'm fine. California, oh my this gosh. This happens all the time. This is a podcast first. <laughs> we got to worry about a lot of things right now. We got to worry about this coronavirus. We got to worry about riots spreading out to like mm-hmm. burning everything up. Got to worry about these killer hornets. Mm-hmm. UFOs are now a thing now, right? Those are yes. actually put out in the public. 
Now we got to worry about the dams. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's yeah. probably like three things I could think of too that, uh, geez, yeah. oh, Pete's, man. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? I said, geez, oh, Pete's. Geez, oh, Pete's. I never heard that. I like that. Never heard, geez, oh, Pete's? No. Oh, man, I say it all the time. What does that mean? I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> I don't know. Geez, oh, Pete's? Yeah, like, Ah, it's kind of like the same thing, like oh, Jesus Christ, cheese and yeah. rice. You know what I'm saying? It's Jesus Pete. Jesus Pete. I like it. You and Breezy like speak it. the same <laughs> language. I don't understand half of that. I don't. I mean, we Breezy and I have butchered on this podcast many times. Yeah. A lot of sayings. Um, yeah. And she comes so up funny. with some crafty ways to not swear. So uh, right. you're right up there with her now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus well, Pete. Carrying that Jeez. over. Jizo Pete's and uh, God, I have another one too that I always say. That's, I, I don't Christ on a bike. Jesus H Christ. Wow. I yeah, I didn't know he had a he had a middle name. I didn't even know that. I didn't know he doesn't. <laughs> that's why I say that because that's ridiculous. Oh, that's so funny. Middle name is heaven. You know, middle, middle, middle name, name is heaven. Jesus H. Okay. I think it stands Makes sense. for hab like habeas. It's not really his middle name. He doesn't have right. a middle name, but it's like, right. whatever. Jesus H. Christ. You know, it just sounds like a little more right. dramatic, if you will. <clears throat> yeah, damn. <laughs> Speaking of hunk, hunky men like Jesus, who's oh, yeah. your? I'm going to make that transition. Who's your favorite <laughs> hockey I got, I got Jesus flow right now. Uh, <laughs> we ask uh, everybody their favorite hockey hunks. So who's yours? Um, and you can't say yourself. No, no. Uh, <laughs> hockey hunk. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of good looking dudes. I know this is going to sound funny, but like, I mean, he recognizes a good looking guy when he's good looking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me think. I don't want to think too hard because then I just, uh, you know what? Hmm. Steve Eiserman, man. That guy's ageless. Ooh, guy's ageless. Is. Guy's ageless. He's even gotten better looking with age. <laughs> yeah, and his hair grew back somehow. I don't really know how the hell that happened. <laughs> he was losing it for a bit, yo. Look, look at some of his old pictures when he was retiring. That shit grew back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> We don't want to get anybody in trouble. We're not going to ask uh, questions of how that happens. Well, I, I might ask him that question in a few years. You know what I'm saying? If I have to worry Dude. about it. Yeah. Right? What's your secret? True. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Because right now it's just collagen. That's all I got. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Collagen in my coffee. Biotin supplements. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Who's your Who's your favorite hockey lady? She got to be a hockey player. No. Whatever you deem to be a hockey lady. Oh, yeah, hockey lady. Man, I don't really know a whole lot of. There's a lot of good-looking female hockey players. I can't really think of any right now. Like I can't think of a name, so I can't like give you a name. That's my problem. There's a lot of hot. They're back in the day. There's a lot of hot girls on the Boston University team. Oh, all right. I was like three or four of them. I think I added all of them on Instagram too, but I don't know if I got, <laughs> I might've got like three follows back. I don't know. No, three is not a bad number. Actually, I, I think it was less than that. 
All right, we'll go with final answer: Boston University, University. women's hockey team. The all nice. the all the team. Yep. All team. That's a good one. All- do you follow the? Do you follow the NHL? Do you have a team that you follow? Are you a Wings fan then? Because you're from Michigan, or do I want to see really... the Wings. I want to see the Wings do well, but honestly, I'm more of a fan of certain players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see the Wings do well because I'm from Detroit. But once you play at that level, you don't really have, or at least are close to making, you know, getting into the pros it kind of fades away a little bit for me. Like I just was more appreciative of players or, you know, well, a player that comes to mind that I really like, and he's actually a hometown guy here is a Wierenski on Columbus blue jackets. Guy's one of the guys, one of the nicest guys I ever, you know, met. So yeah, he's, he's a great dude. Um, yeah. There, you know, there's a lot of, good people and good players in the NHL, obviously it's the best league in the world. So I, I can't really, yeah. I just appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the game. Cool. Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps up our interview. So where can fans follow you? Do you want, you know, shout yourself out, promote yourself, <laughs> uh, give everybody what you, what you want to hear. Uh, style and Milan, baby. If you want to find me on any of these platforms out here, style and Milan, Twitter, uh, you know, uh, Instagram, I got a TikTok too, but I haven't made any videos yet. Those things are complicated as hell, man. I can't like, I want to make a good one <laughs> and I already spend, you know, I'll spend 10 minutes making an Instagram post, uh, mm-hmm. just like thinking of a clever caption. So yeah, you can follow me there. I appreciate anything and any love that anybody brings. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast and everyone go follow them. Uh, true inspiration right here. So thanks for everything hey. that you do. Breezy, our dog. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who is that? <laughs> oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yep. our dog. I, we're trying to make that happen. All right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> thanks funny. so much. No problem. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.